As I was contemplating the scripture readings for this morning, I remembered a song from my early childhood. Maybe some of you have heard it. It's called Rainbow Connection, and it is sung by none other than Kermit the Frog, strumming a banjo as he sits on a log. The song begins, why are there so many songs about rainbows? and what's on the other side. Now, I don't know if it was the impact of this song, but I've always been enchanted by rainbows. And I have seen some fantastic ones here in Ottawa, including a double rainbow that was quite magnificent. Rainbows just stopped me in my tracks and fill me with wonder. And so it was good for me to be reminded in our reading from Genesis that God designated the rainbow as a sign of the covenant he made with Noah after the great flood. Specifically, God said that when the bow is in the clouds, it would be a reminder of the everlasting covenant between himself and all the creatures of the earth, that he would never again create a flood to destroy all flesh. Now that was what the first flood was intended to do because humanity had become so completely evil that God regretted creating them. But in his compassion and mercy, God remembered a righteous man named Noah and he chose to spare his life. He told Noah to build a huge wooden boat called an ark and once completed, God told Noah to gather his family together along with a collection of land animals and to get on the ark. The ark protected them from the great flood, which destroyed everything else. And once the flood was over and the waters receded and the earth became dry again, God told Noah to leave the ark and to release the animals. And then Noah built an altar to the Lord and he placed burnt offerings on the altar. And that's when the Lord made his covenant with Noah, his family, and all the creatures of the earth. God chose something in his creation that would be a symbol, that would be a reminder of the promise to never destroy all flesh by a great flood again. And to this day, people like me stop what we're doing when we see a rainbow. We stare, we point, we wonder, we take pictures, although we often forget the deeper meaning behind it. But it turns out the rainbow wasn't the only thing in this episode, this whole flood episode, that carried a deeper meaning. The floodwaters and the way that the Lord saved Noah and his family came to be understood by Jesus' apostles as a symbol that pointed to the waters of baptism. In our reading from the third chapter of Peter's first letter, Peter makes reference to God's saving of Noah and his family, in which a few, that is eight people, were saved through water. 
He then writes that this prefigures baptism, which now saves you through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So in other words, the same way God rescued the family of Noah from wickedness, death, and destruction through the ark on the water, now God rescues us from slavery to sin, from eternal death and destruction through the waters of baptism. Again, the Lord takes something from his good creation, like water, and he gives it profound meaning. Now, when we watch a baptism, we see water poured over somebody's head, or we see someone going down under the water. But the spiritual realities are much deeper. Baptism is a sacrament in which there is a visible sign, that is, water, that points to an inward grace, which is what God is accomplishing. Now, why water? Water has the power to end life and to give life. Bodies of water have long been considered dangerous because of the risk of drowning. And anyone who has lived in a seaside town knows those risks are very real. At the same time, we begin our lives in our mother's womb, in a sack full of fluid. And when the water breaks, it is a sign that she is about to give birth. In baptism, water functions as a symbol both of death and life. In entering the waters of baptism and going under the water, we are united with Christ in his death and in his burial in the tomb. He died for our sake, for our sins, and we die to our sinful selves. And then in coming out of the water, we are raised with Jesus, united with him in his resurrection. By the Holy Spirit, we undergo the second birth and receive eternal life. It is as if in the baptismal font, we enter the tomb of death and then we are reborn from the womb into new life. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in his letter to the Romans. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now this morning, our three-month-old friend Aiden is going to be baptized. And this can raise a legitimate question for some people. How does all of this relate to a baby? Do the waters of baptism mean the same thing for infants and young children that they do for adults? In Christian baptism, there are certain promises, rights, and privileges that are given. The Holy Spirit, forgiveness of sin, adoption as children of God, membership in the body of Christ. After baptism, the baptized person receives the sign of the cross on their forehead and is told you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. 
None of us, young or old, can do anything to deserve the grace shown to us in Jesus Christ. That's not how grace works. As Paul wrote to the Romans, God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we see in the baptism of infants a sign of God's extravagant grace. They don't have the capacity to even try to become worthy of God's mercy and love. It is simply lavished upon them. At the same time, when young children are baptized, the parents and godparents make serious promises on their behalf that include renouncing the sinful desires of the flesh, the lies of the world, the devil and the spiritual forces of wickedness. They promise on the baptismal candidate's behalf to turn to Jesus and to confess him as Lord and Savior. The parents and godparents also vow to teach these children what they need to know to fulfill these baptismal promises. Now here at St. Peter and St. Paul's, we take all this very seriously. We meet with baptismal candidates, or in the case of young children, their parents, to make sure they understand the promises that they are making. In fact, this coming Wednesday, we are going to be offering a course on Anglican Christianity over Zoom that will, among other things, serve as a way to prepare people for baptism, confirmation, or having their young children baptized. Now, when we baptize young children, it is understood that the day will come when these children will, God willing, receive, accept, and fulfill these baptismal promises and come forward for confirmation. In confirmation, we are making vows for ourselves, confessing our faith in Jesus Christ, and dedicating ourselves to following the will and commandments of God. Then we are prayed for that we would be strengthened by God's Holy Spirit to use the gifts we've been given for the sake of Christ's church and the kingdom of God. All of us eventually have to decide whether we will receive the great benefits offered to us in Jesus Christ and receive the Christian faith for ourselves. For those of us who are baptized as young children, that moment usually comes sometime after our baptism. For those of us who were not raised in the Christian faith or were not baptized as children, we will likely come to saving faith in Jesus before we are baptized, and then we will make those baptismal promises for ourselves. Wherever you are on this journey today, welcome. We are glad you are here. I invite you to listen carefully to the questions posed to the parents and godparents during the baptism we are about to witness. You may want to reflect on your own baptism and quietly reaffirm your own baptismal vows. You might want to consider, honestly, 
how you would answer these questions today. Some of you may find that you believe you're ready to take the next step toward baptism or confirmation, while others may recognize places where you have strayed from the ways of God like lost sheep and realize it's time to repent and return to your heavenly Father's house. Wherever you are, know that you can call on the Lord and he will hear you. His mercy, his love, his promises are extravagant. Like the rainbow in the clouds, may the water in today's baptism be a reminder of God's great love shown to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>